0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Cyclocross Social Podcast. After the busy Christmas period, it was time for the National Championships weekend this weekend. Racing all across Europe and even around the globe as the Japanese National Championships took place, we will be discussing all of the races, some more extensively than others, and we will be starting by discussing the Dutch National Championships and, in particular, the women's race, since we believe that that had the most competitive starting field. With me here to discuss the racing is Issa
1: Yes, thank you for having me again.
0: I was on the ground in Zaltbommel, or should I say in the mud of Zaltbommel, because that Dutch National Championships was an absolute mudfest, especially for Dutch standards. Normally, the courses in the Netherlands do not get this muddy, but they organize the national championships in floodlands right next to the river. And this is meant to be an area that can flood in the winter when the water level of the river becomes higher as there's more rain and more melting snow in the Alps. And... Well, parts of the course flooded, they needed to shorten the lap and in general there's been a lot of rain which led to an absolute mudfest. And in that mudfest we saw a battle between three riders. Pugpieterse, Seen de Carmen Alvarado and Fem van Empel. On a course that was, well, I would say between 40 and 55% running. These three riders were together for half of the race but then Pugpieterse placed an attack. She had the technical upper hand over Alvarado and Van Empel, and eventually also had the physique upper hand. Petersen opened a gap of 5 seconds, her teammate Alvarado tried to keep it close, but Petersen ultimately kept stretching that gap and took the national title in the elite category, because remember, this is her first race that she raced as an official elite. Behind that, Van Empel could not keep up with Alvarado for the rest of the race, in the final lap she had to let Alvarado go, and that meant that Alvarado took the silver medal, somewhat surprising, and Van Empel needed to settle for third. So, Issam, Pieterse, first race as a lead, first win, in the mud, so much running. Do you think that Pieterse was the favorite, or did she surprise you by taking the win here?
1: I think during the race, it became more and more clear that Pieterse was going to be the favorite, the way she was riding she definitely you know the running is definitely not something that she's very good at but she it's not it's not like a disadvantage in a way she's able to you know maintain quite a good pace in the running and I think that overall today the way she was riding compared to to Van Empel and, and and Alvarado it was it was clear that Peterson was very strong and I think during the race it became clear that that Peterson was going, you know, was in contention for for victory, and you know the moment when she she went and put on the pace, she was, I would say, in control. Uh, the gap was was good enough, and in you know, Van Ampel, before the race, I would have said that Van Ampel definitely was the one where this this course was suiting a little bit more. But during the race, it's yeah. With Van Empel, it was just a bit bit off today. It was not not the greatest of days for Van Empel. The, the running, there was not a lot of fire behind that. A lot of times, dismounting too early from from the bike. Some mistakes. It was just not really her day. And yeah, that is something that that we are seeing right now. The tendency of, of Van Empel not really having her day. Not not being at her best. It's it's uh, repeating a little bit the last couple of, uh, especially last week and the last couple of races and yeah it's 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 interesting to see in you know with the the championships the world championships coming up if that will turn around uh, but for now Van Emst was not not great and and Peterson was uh, very good.
0: Yeah, Fem hasn't looked quite the same after that crash in Valdisol i mean of course she looked very good in Baal but we already said in the podcast about Baal that she had extra freshness which really helped her and we could already see in Kokseide that she was struggling a bit there compared to Van Androoy and today after again a not great race in Zonhoven it was not great today. As you say, the running wasn't amazing, and in general, it just didn't work out for her. If we look at Sven van Nempel, her record on very muddy courses, it's been a bit up and down. I mean, she was fourth in 2020 in Dendermonde, and that was really the first wow performance that Sven van Nempel put in. Later that season, she became under 23 world champion. Last year in Dendermonde, it was not as good. She finished 11th, so that was outside of the top 10. On other heavy courses, well, those are more climbing courses. So I don't think we could really use that as a fair comparison. But no, I think Van Empel definitely disappointed a bit today. There are not many races like this. It's a bit atypical conditions. So yeah, it was a bit surprising that she didn't end ahead of Alvarado. That was, for me, the biggest surprise because Alvarado is known to not really like these type of courses with a lot of running and the constant tractor-diesel effort. But she did well today. In the final lap, she looked to come close on Petersen. It wasn't that close eventually, but still. Alvarado second, Brandt sixth. Brandt said she didn't have a good day, but normally I would have expected Brandt to be in the position where Alvarado was today. The running, the power, yeah, I would normally attach that to Lucinda Brandt but today Alvarado proved that even on a course that doesn't necessarily suit her her form is there so that's at least my main takeaway that Van Empel a bit disappointing and that Brandt and Alvarado somewhat swapped expectations for me
1: I, I think that Alvarado's you know if she's on a very good day and I think today she you know it was visible that she was on a good day then these type of courses, she can handle it quite okay. And you know, with Brandt, it's also very difficult to to maintain a very good form after the return in a way because probably you know the base was not really there. There were some, I think, two weeks or something where she didn't even touch the bike. So you, you then have to train, but it's then difficult to maintain a, a certain condition. And I think that yeah, that that must have played a role. Maybe a bit too many races. Uh, under a belt after the, the, the return and you know that's maybe costing her a little bit so, you you told me that she's already on the plane to, to Spain probably to train so I think for her it's now uh, she will try to reset and, and, and train and you know be in the best form for the next coming weeks because you know there is still some races left and some are uh, more important so you will see what, uh, what that will bring for Brandt
0: yeah I mean if you have a bad day on a course like this well it's going to be game over pretty quickly and you're going to lose a lot of time. Mariana falls another example of that. She did not find a course to her liking here. So much running and like there's a difference between training that you can run like normal standards of running in cross. Like maybe one running section, a climb, half a climb, a stairs or barriers. But here there was so much running and keep in mind if you watch this race, if you haven't, it's completely... Rewatchable on YouTube on the YouTube channel of Omroep Gelderland, but this was Dendermonde-like, and they still removed so many sections of the course, either due to flooding or due to lap times becoming too long, which would else mostly have been running as well. So it was really, really torture for the riders, and almost all riders came across the finish line completely empty, and Peter said, well, she didn't have anything left in the tank, and that's why the... Announcers on course got a bit worried that Alvarado maybe was going to close in. She didn't. Peterson deserved the win, and I don't think we can analyze too much here on this course. She had the technical advantage, and the physique picture looked just fine, as it has been the entire season. Shame van Androy wasn't here. I think she could have clinched the title here, but be there or be square. Van Androy isn't here, so she misses it out. She needs to decide within a week if she wants to race elite or under 23 so we will know after benidorm what she is doing think for the rest betsema bit of an improvement after a terrible christmas period for herself in her own world worst fifth decent if we look at the rest van alfen seven bakker eight tauber nine Foss 10th do don't think there's all too much to say except that the gaps were huge Foss in tenth was almost seven minutes down so yeah tough racing here and we saw the same in the men's race where we had a battle between Van der Haar and Nieuwehuis And that one went right to the line, didn't it, Esam?
1: Yeah, it did. And, um, you know, it, before the race, we would have said that Van der Haar was probably not really in an advantage. Maybe a week before we would have said that, you know, Van der Haar was going to be the clear favorite, but... Yeah with the course that it was it it, it, it you would lean more maybe to a Ronhaar or or Nieuwhuis but not to to Van der Haar but Van der Haar kept fighting against uh against Nieuwhuis right to the line and in the end just had the edge over Nieuwhuis in a spectacular way from from Van der Haar and I think Van der Haar today had everything against him in the race in terms of the circumstances but Nieuwhuis was not lucky as well with um with his issues with the with the pedal, if I'm not mistaken, or the shoe at least. Uh and yeah, I think that's that in the end, van der Haar, you know, if you look at the season, definitely the deserved champion. Uh, but Nieuwehuis had the day and, and the, the circumstances on his side and you know who knows if if the, the, the issues weren't there for, for House, what he could have done today.
0: Yeah, House had issues with his cleat got loose, and, well, he was afraid that changing a shoe would have cost him too much time. I can understand that. It's hard to say if he should have done it or not. How much time did it cost him? I don't know. I know that it was a very hard race for Van der Haar. As you say, this is not a course for him with so much running. If both riders would have had a counter for their steps, Van der Haar would have had twice as many steps as Nieuwenhuis. Van der Haar was running, running fast. Like, tuk, 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 tuk. And Newhouse was just making, like, big steps and going fast. But Van Haar gave it his everything. And with so much running on the course, also for the men, it was hard. And that's not something that Van Haar likes. Remember in Dendermonde when he stopped? He, that's, like, one of the only times I've seen him give up. The year after, he didn't like it either. He said that I don't have the watts or the length of the legs to do this, what he calls Raudauen. Which just means push power as hard as you can and... I've seen some critique that van der Haar sat in the wheel the entire race. I think that's unfair for the simple reason that, one, van der Haar was absolutely dead. Like, he was hanging on for dear life the entire race. He ultimately had something left in the tank and that's okay. But on this course, I don't think that sitting in the wheel gives you too much of an advantage. There's so much running. Okay, there was a lot of wind. After the off-camber, when they went up the hill again, that was a headwind section. The start-finish straight was headwind. But for the rest of the course, I don't think that at this speed the draft effect is significant enough that it really made a difference. The mechanical of Nieuwenhuijs was unfortunately the decider in this race. Nieuwenhuijs said that that hampered him, it affected him. I believe him, but also look at van der Haart, look how deep he went. So deep that he even fell on the final set of stairs and then across the finish line, he couldn't even celebrate. I mean, normally you would see a rider be super happy with the title. He clearly didn't have the energy. He gave it his absolute everything. And I think after such a demanding race, all riders that are going to Spain can... They can think that they are, they know that they are lucky that they now can get rid of this shit cold weather with rain and some ice coming down in the race and they can train in the sun again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Also in um, the interview after the race, Van der Haar looked like a dead man. It was uh, it, it, it took a lot uh, for him, and like you said, he the disadvantage, the way he was running just to keep up with Newhouse. And on a course like this, I mean, sitting in the wheel, th- there are some sections where you can maybe have some benefit of it, but overall, it's, it's you know, you have to push a gear and you have to just try to get through the mud as fast as you can, and uh, you know, it's 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 a very it was a very honest uh, course, uh, and uh, you know, if 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 you would decide a winner before the race, you would have said Van der Haar, so I think that he definitely deserved it. If you look at his season, Newhouse for sure deserved it as well, but. Yeah, I I think that um, it was was quite a battle till the end, and you know Van der Haar in the end was just uh, the one that I would say wanted it more and had the circumstances on his side at that moment.
0: I actually didn't expect he would pull it off already before the race with that much mud. I was thinking that if Ronard had a good day, he would take the title, but I didn't expect Ronard to have a good day. I was certainly backing Nieuwenhuijs. ronnar fell backwards a bit after he was in the leading group in the first part of the race. He ended fourth. He eventually got overtaken by Ryan Kamp, who ended third. Good result for him. Eighth in the overall result was Tibor Del Grosso. He took the men's under-23 title. The women's under-23 title went to Leonie Bentveld, that was awarded in a separate race. The men's junior title in the Netherlands went to Kaie Solen, and the women's junior national title went to Lauren Moolengraaf. Forgot to mention this in the section about the women's race. Jara Kastelein did not race. She fell in Loonhout and was injured due to that crash there. She is not going to race any cross anymore this season. She will be focusing on the road season. Let's go and talk about the Belgian Championships then. There we also had a duel between two riders. The men's race was a battle between Lauren Zweig and Michael van Toerenhout. Thibaut Nijs eventually ended 3rd, with Izabit not having a great day ending 4th. That battle is some. Um, it was decided by one main controversy. Van Toerenhout had a disadvantage in the beginning of the race, as Zweig had chosen a better pitbox. He chose box 1, which had a dry patch where he could hop on his bike. Van Turenhout had box 4, his mechanics saw the advantage Zweig had and moved to box 1. That led to them tangling bikes in 3 out of the 6 laps. You watched this race while I was on the ground in Zaltbommel. Fill us in, what went down and what did Zweig have to say about it and what were the dynamics there?
1: (laughs) Well, (laughs) Zweig was definitely not happy with it, but yeah... In the first lap you could definitely see that when van Tournaut had to basically run the whole pit area because they had to dismount just before entering the pit area, Zweig then could change his bike almost immediately and there was a dry patch there so he could, you know, mount on his bike and, and do the rest of riding while Van Tourenaut had to run basically till his his uh his box and then could actually mount on his bike and, and, and ride the section. And you can lose their I think around 2 3 seconds. And the second lap immediately his mechanics were were already in box 4 and from lap 3 actually it's you know it started to uh, to become a bit ugly es- especially when van tournout was leading it was going to be an issue because van Thurnout gives the bike and gets gets the new bike but then sveks you know still has to do the two things so uh, you know it, it it was definitely not a not a great look in the last lap fortunately it it wasn't an issue but you know, in the in the penultimate lap, it, it definitely played a role and it made sure that the gap that was kind of merging a little bit, it became a little bit bigger. And on a course like this, especially with Van out having the the advantage in, in some of the hill sections, I think, and Zweig had his advantage in, you know, in, in roughly I would say like it was a 50-50 course, Van Thurnout maybe having the edge on, on this course, but the difference was, was, it was nothing. It was very close between the riders and... Yeah, then you can look into it. Zweig was not happy with it. He was talking about things like, you know, if you have rules, why are they not implemented? The What is what is going on right now is probably that the sanction is going to be a fine for the mechanic and, and, and some sort of a penalty for the mechanic in, in some way. But, you know, it's in my opinion, if I can make give my opinion on it, it's, you know, rules are rules. And it's weird if somebody, you know, <laughs> the, the, the first lap is all the way at the back and then the second lap is all the way, you know, in, in fourth box. It's, um, yeah, it was a bit weird, but the Belgium championships never disappoint in, in, in those things.
0: No, there will always be some sort of controversy there and they're talking about a suspension for the mechanical van Tourenhout. But Isam, this is not the first time you and I mentioned some stuff about pit boxes this season. Do you remember Loonhout? I told you. What the mechanics of Pitcock did isn't allowed. But nobody stopped them. And what precedent do you set if you're not going to stop them because it doesn't cause any issues then? Today the exact same thing happened as in Lunaut. One rider makes the better choice. The others see this and then want to respond to that. But it's not allowed because the pit boxes are allocated. You can't just decide to move there. They're allocated to avoid such rush hour in those small boxes. But... As in Lunard, nobody did it, and as in some of the C1 crosses this season, they haven't even been allocated, what they should be by UCI rules, who's going to stop you? Nobody is. And if they give this sanction, who cares? Van Thunau will pay this fine for his mechanic without any issue. And what does it matter? Nothing. He gets a suspension, it won't be long enough to be of serious effect. And we can just appeal so it doesn't matter at the World Championships. Van Turenhout wins the national title, and according to Zweig, that is because of this incident. And I've watched briefly through this race, and if Zweig would have the advantage from changing their every lap compared to Van Turenhout, I think that despite the course leaning towards Van Turenhout, Zweig would have won the national title. I don't know if you agree on that, but if he had that advantage that he had in the first lap, every single lap, that's a serious advantage that you get.
1: That was a very good choice from Sveik and the second lap, I see see it happen. I'm like, how did, how is that possible? But, you know, because of, um, like you said, it, it happened before, and it's something that that some mechanics that are more experienced and that know the tricks a little bit would would execute. And these these kind of things should not be allowed uh, because the, the the pit areas are always are already something that is quite chaotic, especially in the first lap. And overall, it needs to be a place where riders can change their bike safely without being hampered in any way, you know. So I think that the, the UCI need to look into a universal rule where it's going to be implemented that 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 the sanction is going to be a bit tougher it's it's not that i want now sveig to be champion i think that van now definitely deserves the championship he, he you know he was in the penultimate lap the stronger the stronger one and also on the last lap on the hills he was also stronger but i can understand that with Sveik there's going to be a lot of frustration during the race that's going to build up that's not good for an athlete and you want it to be a fair race, so, you know, the rules maybe should be looked at, and, yeah, it's, it, it, it's it's a bit of a shame that it ended up in that way, because I think that the battle itself was great, and the course was actually not that bad, so it was um, it was great to watch, actually.
0: Yeah, the course today was a lot more rideable than yesterday, and I still think it favoured and out a lot, especially this section around the Ponton VIP tent that was quite a bit of running with the barriers in there, and... In general, with the power, I thought it was a Van Turenhout course. I was actually surprised that Sway came so close to the national title. And just to finalize on that sanction, I mean, the sanction on the mechanics won't change anything, because they will take the sanction because it's a serious benefit for their riders. Van Turenhout can thank his mechanics, but it doesn't change, as you say, that Van Turenhout rode a very strong race. He, in the end, in the final lap, when they came together, had the upper hand. And was able to drop Swake. And it's a crown on what really is the best season out of the career of Michael van Toornhout. He is kind of doing a season like Lars van der Haar did the last year. Like, he doesn't win all too much. I mean, he got these two gifted exact cross wins in the beginning of the season. But he then wins, like, the championship, national championship, European championship... Two beautiful World Cups with Overeis and Valdisol and then the Belgian National Championship. It reminds me a lot of what Lars van der Haar did last season and he deserves that. I mean, he's also not the youngest anymore. He's becoming 30 at the end of this year. So it's about time that he starts getting these results and puts a crown on his career and doesn't always be the second man in the Paul Sauze team. So I definitely like to see him get the national title and... He deserves it based off his season. It's just a shame that the tactical upper hand that Zweig had by making a correct book choice didn't eventually make a difference for him. But it is what it is, and they will need to, well, deal with it and race again next week. Or actually tomorrow even, Sweek is racing already again in Oetinchem. We'll see Elie Zbiet line up there again. So to finish on the Belgian championships, Thibaut Nice in third strong performance and a bit unexpected i mean maybe you would have expected easy beat to end third but on the other hand the story for easy beat was kind of writing itself already the past couple of races it went better and all of a sudden they were like yeah easy beat very good shot at the belgian title then the course doesn't really suit him and in general i didn't really expect easy beat to take the belgian title i told you i don't think easy beat can keep a consistent line towards the end of the season and despite some good races in the christmas period ah, i just didn't see it happening but Thibaut nice and third i didn't really see that one coming either based on his christmas period because he only really started going again with that win in Zonhoven.
1: yeah i mean with easer beats um the, fir- the first lap crash didn't help then he had some issues with the wrist and yeah from there it's going to be difficult to um you know to, to 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 make up some ground and he probably had some issues with his wrist i for me it was a surprise that he kept on riding cuz the way he was riding especially after that crash was a bit worrying i thought that that was going to be it for him but you know he kept on going and um then the race is basically over and you know we never really know if he was going to be able to battle for for the for the title but yeah it's it's it was it's never a good thing i he was making some mistakes already in the first lap he was the start was okay but it was not great and then it's you, you know you you end up in a situation where you maybe have to take some more risks and then yeah you have to crash and it goes wrong for him in the end still finishes fourth but yeah you you, the, the, you, you have nothing you achieve nothing being fourth or third i mean for Thibaut nice that third place is definitely going to taste a little bit better because he started very well, very aggressive at the start. And from there on, because of the crash with Iserbiet, he kind of was in a position where, you know, he lost connection with Van out and Suik, but he was in a position where he had a gap of like 10, 15 seconds on the guys behind. And that was then, at that moment, was the closest, I think, was Jens Adams. And from there, nice, you know, what I normally would think that it was not going to be a consistent race from him, it was consistent compared to the guys behind him. And he... You know, he kept his cool, was able to 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 do his thing, and I think that for him it's definitely a very positive result because Nice this season, especially in the last couple of races, this doesn't it's never been very consistent, has some back issues. So I think for him it's definitely a, a reward of of and and also for him a confirmation that the form is definitely there, and if everything is going well in the race, then. He can definitely achieve very good results, and today I think he can cherish this third place uh, very much.
0: Then the women's race in Belgium that was raced yesterday, so on Saturday, a day before the men's race. That was won by Sonne Kant, who claimed her 14th consecutive national title ahead of Ribeiro and Alicia Frank. They raced in a lot more mud, rain, the conditions were more treacherous than during the men's race but the race was not super entertaining as Kant pretty much dominated from start to finish partly helped by Ribeiro having mechanicals but we would never have known what could have happened I mean Ribeiro put in a furious second lap and came as close as 32 seconds from 55 but Kant was never really put under pressure she was in control and then yeah took the win it's her last cross of the season already. I think it's marking a shift in priorities for Sonne Kant. Because she says, well, a top 5 or a top 10 at Worlds. I don't care if I don't get a medal based on my Palmarès. And that is maybe a bit true. But remember back, way back, when we were at the Crayon Freestats. Team Presentation Kant said, I am a full-time crosser. I want to focus still on cross. I enjoy it. But now she's skipping this in function of her road season. I think this is marking an end to an era of Sonne Kant as full-time cross rider and that's maybe not bad because in cross she isn't getting the results whilst on road as lead out or sprinter in some of the smaller races she's still doing very good and improving.
1: Yeah, absolutely I mean, it's um, the shifts it kind of showed when she you know, gave a lot of races away or a lot of races, some races away to focus completely on the Belgium championships and i think that maybe this season wasn't what she expected from it at the start and maybe during the season it, you know it kind of was a it, it kind of was a natural choice to to be looking more to the road than to the cross i guess and i think it's a very uh, very legitimate choice uh, she has now a, a team where she can race at with at a very very high level on the road with the women's category and I think for her, you know, there's a lot of potential from her side, and no, I d- I definitely do agree that 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 is for her. I guess now the the, the best choice, and the championships is always uh <laughs> is always something special for Sana, and for sure with the record that she has right now, 14 consecutive wins, you know, that's something that um, that is very good. But I guess she's looking at the record of Compton right now.
0: Yeah, perhaps, but we don't know. Next year, the Belgian Championships are back in Meulebeke. She took the title there earlier. It's a cross that suits her, so I think she'll just try and get another title there. But I don't know if she's too focused on that record. And who knows what's coming through, because the junior women's title went to Fleur Moors. I don't think it will be all too long before Fleur Moors surpasses Sonakant in terms of level. Mouros is maybe not the best rider in the junior women's category. That is probably Mollegraaf, who took the win in the Netherlands today, but it can't take long with Kant, well, declining a little bit. And, well, the women's under-23 title went to Julie Brouwers, with the men's under-23 title going to Wietse Meuse. Bit of a weird championship that, since Belgium has a rule that male Riders with a pro contract, which is just a certain amount of salary that you receive, need to race in the elite race. That's why Jente Michels, Thibaut etc. race in the elite race. So, Moser took the win in the men's under-23 race, and the men's junior title went to Victor van den Bergen. Let's go and talk about some other championships in Europe then. Let's start in France, where Clement van Turini took back the national title. No surprises, for me at least, the course was fast. He was locked in a battle with Dubé, another road rider, and despite Fanturini not having the best season, or at least as good as last season, he cracked Dubé on the final climb. Joshua Dubo, who was very good last season, doesn't really have it this season, and the fast course really didn't play into his cards. He had to settle for third. So Fanturini with the win, not a surprise for me. How did you think about that Isam?
1: with the French men's category at the moment the state that it's at it's you know Venturini is definitely still uh, the better cyclocross rider with the course yeah I think that it is not really a surprise uh, Dubo, you know last season was definitely a very good season for Venturini as well but I think this year while Venturini is not having you know a season that is on the same level as it was last year it's definitely not uh, not bad and it's for him at the moment, enough to, to be the best in France. So I think that um, nah, there are not really that much surprises there in the French Championship.
0: The women's race might have a bit of a surprising winner based on the overall season. Helene Clausel took the win ahead of Lien Burquet and Perrine Clauzel. But again, looking at the course, this was not a course for Lien Burquet. It was way too fast. She was on the back foot almost the entire race and came relatively close still in the sprint. But... Ultimately, it wasn't to be. She was the first French under-23 rider, although I don't know if they awarded a separate title for that There was a separate race for the men under-23 that race was won by Martin Gros Lambert He won ahead of Nathan Bomenel. The men's junior race was won by Leo BcO, and the women's race was won by Lise Kleis Then some more racing in Europe in the UK. There was an absolute mudfest, even worse than in the Netherlands. No real surprises there. The men's elite race was won by Cameron Mason, two and a half minutes ahead of Joseph Blackmore and Thomas Mean. That is not a surprise. Mason has been the best Brit in absence of Pitcock, of course. And on such a course, the gaps are just absolutely huge. Joseph Blackmore ending second did take the under-23 title with our own Jensen Young ending third on that podium. The women's race, which was won by Zoe Baxett, was also not really a surprise seeing her take the win in both the elite as under 23 category, since that course was muddy and basically her only opposition, Anna Kay, who would have lost out anyway, is still out injured. The men's junior race was won by Seb Grindy, who rides for her our own cyclocross racing team, and the women's junior race was won by Imogen Wolf. In Spain, also no real surprises there. Felipe Orts dominated the men's race and took the win ahead of Joffre Curel Estap. Bit of surprise to see him in second in instead of Kevin Suárez Fernández, who normally ended there. The women's race was won by Lucia González Blanco, ahead of Sofia Rodriguez-River and Alba Teruel Ribes. It's worth noting here that González Blanco has been Spanish champion for quite a while now, only 1 by 5 seconds ahead of rodriguez Rivera, and it's indicating that whilst rodriguez Rivera is still relatively young, 24, Gonzalez-Blanco is becoming older and older, and looks to be that eventually rodriguez Rivera will take that title. There was also racing in Italy, no broadcast, so we can't really say anything about that. Filippo Fontana took the win ahead of Davide Toneati and Jacob Dorigoni. Fortunately, we haven't seen much from Dorigoni and Bertolini this season. The women's race was won by Silvia Persico, ahead of Rebecca Garibaldi and Francesca Baroni. Then we can move to Switzerland. There were some surprises there, on the men's side at least. Timon Rueck took the national title, ahead of Lars Forster and Kevin Kuhn. Kuhn, well, completely exploded in the second part of the race. He was leading, but blew up and even got passed by Forster. Rueck taking the win of a surprise of course not as big as a surprise if Kuhn would have ended second but still surprising to see Kuhn and third but some I guess well if you have a bad day things can go well rapid it wasn't as muddy as the Dutch races we saw but still if you race on a climbing course which they had in men's metten it's well it's going to be tough if you have a bad day
1: yeah, indeed. And, you know, I think a, a bit of a shame for Kevin because I think that's, you know, Kuhn was definitely this season, you know, having a very, very strong season with quite some good results. And, but if there was definitely one that could take over from, from Kuhn in the championship, if Kuhn did, did have a bad day, it was going to be Ruwech. So, you know, Ruech this season definitely also is going quite well. And it's, uh, uh, you know, uh, it's uh, <laughs> on the day that it, that it matters maybe the most for both guys, uh, Rueg was just having the upper hand and he's going to, to ride in that very iconic uh, Swiss jersey and we now have to look a little bit more for, for Kevin Kung, but I don't think that will be an issue that much with this Tormans uh, jersey.
0: The women's race in Switzerland was won by Alessandra Keller ahead of Rebecca Esterman and Zina Baromi. There was also racing in Denmark, where the mountain biker Sebastian Karsten Fini took the win in the men's race. And the women's race was won by Caroline Bohé, who is also a mountain bikester. There was racing in Luxembourg. No surprises there. Schreiber took the win in the women's race. The men's race was won by Rafael Kockelmann. There was racing in Poland. Marek Konwa, well, he extended his subscription on the Polish national title with Dominika vlod sharek nah probably mispronounced that but she took the woman's title there was racing in japan where here Oda took the national title together with sa ogawa racing in ireland where dean harvey took the men's title and maria larkin took the woman's title there was racing in austria where danielle Spiegel took the win with Natja heigl taking the woman's title Then there was racing in Hungary, where Marton Dina took the Hungarian title. Funny to see him race. And the women's race, surprise, was won by Catablanca Varsch. Disappointing result by her, as she only had two minutes advantage and, unlike last year, did not succeed in lapping almost the entire field.
1: Disappointing.
0: (laughs) Nah, no surprises there, Varsch. Probably took it very easy, showboating, doing a wheelie. I even saw her racing in like a long sleeve kit. It was just a training stroll for her. There was also racing in the Czech Republic. Actually, how did I miss that one? Michal Boros took the title in the men's race. And that rate was broadcasted, unfortunately, only the men's race. But it wasn't too interesting with Boros taking the win ahead of Matias Kopecki and Jakob Riemann. The women's race was won by Kristina Zemanova ahead of Julia Kopecky and Nicola Bajerova. Looks like the Kopecky family returned to the Netherlands with two silver medals. Then there was racing in Portugal. This was a bit of a weird race. I saw an onboard lap. The course looked absolutely stunning, but it was more of a road race than anything else. Roberto Ferreira took the win in the men's race and the women's race was won by Ana Mafalda Santos. That then marks the end for, well, a lot of national championships, I think roughly 15 in total, most of them not broadcasted or not really noteworthy to discuss all too much that happened there, but those are the new national championships. A complete overview of all new national champions can be found on our Instagram, Issam, thank you for being here to discuss this again.
1: Thank you for having me, and uh, now we enter a very important period for the World Championships, huh?
0: Yeah, but uh, first, tomorrow, racing in Otegem, no podcast on that, it's a uh, C2 cross, and we don't cover C2 crosses that are being streamed in other countries either, so no one for Otegem, it's basically just uh, money grabbing for the new national champions or whatever, but... You're going to uh, Bainidorm, so I look forward to next week when we'll be covering the World Cup in Bainidorm. Return over preview podcast for that, and then Issam will bring you the latest from the ground in Bainidorm. Thanks for listening, and goodbye.
1: Ciao, ciao!